This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money podcast. It is Thursday, November 4th. And uh, you know, if you want to take the mystery out of your financial life, all you need to do is keep listening. Now, of course, there's a better way than just listening. You could be more involved by sending us your financial question, and then we can answer it. And when I say we, I mean me and Mark. So Mark, um, this guy whose question we're about to answer, he kind of, he blew us off. Are you okay with that? Like, I know sometimes you take that a little personally. No, I don't take it personally. It, it happens. Most most of the time, these people are pretty solid. But every once in a while, somebody. Every once bails. in a while, someone kind of bails on us. And it's okay. It's okay. And so sometimes if you guys bail on us, what we do is we just read your email as written. And then we can bang it out together. Mark and I can. But it's so much better when you are on the air with us. So go to the website, jillonmoney.com. Hey, Mark, when's the new website really going to be done? What do you think? Next year? Well, I should know today, actually, because I'm going to have a meeting with the uh, web folks. But I think in uh, early November. Early November? I haven't. No, it's not going to be done early November. Yeah, we are in early November. So I will say uh, mid-November. I'm going to say before Thanksgiving. No way. I'm not going to have the photos ready by then. So by the way, this is why I love this community so much. This person who is redesigning our website is a listener. We, we answered a question and then, I don't know, how did we get into this whole par- process with her, Mark? I forgot now. Well, I think when she was on, we asked her what she did. Oh yeah. And I said, oh, we could use you. And she says, all right, I'll just do it. Let me look through your website. And she did like this serious analysis. Like we got a PowerPoint observation document, right? I mean, Mark, that was pretty impressive, right? Yeah, that's not something I could whip together. Yeah. And so anyway, she like specializes in the user experience or UX. And uh, it was great. It was really interesting. And, you know, we don't we don't monetize our website. So it's a different it's like a whole different thing. What we do with the website is we just use it as like the repository for Jill on Money stuff and I on Money stuff. So when you go to JillOnMoney.com, there's a contact button. And that's the most important thing. And, you know, when she said, what's the most important thing to you? I said, it's just that the people can find us. You might as well bookmark it right now because it's going to change. It's going to look great. While you're on the website, sign up for the free weekly newsletter. Don't forget, Mark does that every Friday. So you get really caught up on a lot of the financial news and some interesting personal financial news as well. So, Mark, shall we start in with the the guy who bailed on us, even though, uh, you know, he's not here? Let's do it anyway. This is Daniel. And here's what he says. I'm happy to come on the air to discuss this. 
Maybe. Oh, really? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. All right. He's 27. You know, he's a little flaky today. But anyway, he lives in New York. He says, I'm a huge fan. I wrote in about a year and a half ago, and I asked about saving for a house in Atlanta, Georgia. Hmm. Okay. This is interesting. He ended up biting the bullet and buying a house, and he says the timing was perfect. Isn't it funny? Like, you can never really plan for that. But here's the here are the numbers. Daniel bought the house for $495,000 a year ago, and now it's worth $600,000. That's just fortunate timing, as he says. He says, I had initially intended on living there for five to 10 years, but wouldn't you know it? My boyfriend got a great job in New York City. We moved there and we are now renting. They're 27. They consider their finances together. They're going to get married in a couple of years. Very nice. But Daniel is the sole owner of the house and he says he's renting it and he's not sure if he should keep renting it or sell it when the tenant's lease comes up in the spring. So here are the numbers, Mark. It's interesting. He says, with all the costs of the mortgage taxes, insurance management fee, and a maintenance estimate, I currently have negative cash flow on the house. Oh, so here is a little bit of a rookie mistake he made. He's basically losing six to $700 a month, but he says it's because he got a 15-year mortgage at two and a quarter percent. Why would you get a 15-year mortgage, Mark? I don't think he anticipated this move. Well, wait a minute. But even if you were living there yourself. Because some people just hate having a mortgage. All right. So everyone listening, the reason why a 30-year mortgage is always preferable, especially when you're younger, is that it gives you a lot of extra cash flow, right? Because as soon as you move from a 30-year to a 15-year, your payment goes up. So I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, it's a higher payment, Jill, but... I will have the house paid off sooner, 15 years sooner. And I would ask you to think of it differently. I would ask you to think of it as with a 30-year mortgage, I have more cash flow to fund other obligations, especially when you're in your 20s. You know, there's going to be a lot of things that come up. So when you have a shorter term, your payment goes up and that might preclude you from getting any money into the places you want to get them into, like retirement account, like a 529 plan. All right, let's get back to Daniel. So he says each month his mortgage principal gets paid down. He deducts his losses. Okay. The outstanding mortgage is 375 grand. He's got $225,000 of equity. Some other details. He makes 200,000 and his boyfriend makes 150,000. Mark, 27, making 350 as a couple? Yeah, that certainly wasn't me. Mm, that's good. That is good stuff. They both max out their 401k since they're in New York. The partner and he both get matches and his partner maxes his Roth IRA. But he said, he, you know, obviously Daniel can't because he makes too much money. Meanwhile, on this 350 mark, maxing out their retirement accounts, they save another uh, one to $2,000 a month. How about that? They've got 25 grand in emergency funds. It's a bit light, but we plan to top it off when we get our year-end bonuses. They want to get to 40 to 50,000. All right, he's got 150 grand in pre-tax retirement, 60 grand in a Roth, 70 in a brokerage. He's got 50 in pre-tax retirement, 25 in a Roth IRA, 25 in his brokerage. Ideally, we would like to use the equity of the Atlanta house as a down payment in whatever longer-term home we buy together maybe within the next five years. Okay, Mark, you ready for the question? 
Should I sell the house and park it in some sort of stock bond fund and take that six to $700 a month that he's losing and keep it or keep the house? But what do you think? What do you think? Oh, by the way, he walks his dogs in Riverside Park. He might be walking his dogs right past me as he's listening to my podcast. I feel like he would say hello. He, he knows who you are. Really? Well, say hi to me if you see me in the park, because I'm always there. What do you want to do? You want to sell this house or not? My initial answer is yes, I want to sell it. I don't want anything where I'm taking a loss on it. But for some reason, he thinks that's where they're going to relocate in four to five years. Mm. If that's where they're going back, they're going to go back to Georgia, then maybe I don't sell it. If they think they're going to stay in New York, then yeah, I'm going to sell it. Yeah, me too. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, it's not so much I have a hard time with him losing some money on it. It's just like it, it wasn't created as a rental property. If you're going to have rental property, you want as big and long a mortgage as you possibly can get. That is what leverage does. And it is why, you know, it's kind of like how rental property works in your best interest. However, if you don't think you're going to be going to Atlanta anytime soon, then I think selling the house and then parking the money into some sort of balanced portfolio could be great. What would you think if I said like, hey, maybe they should go out and buy something right now? It's not, we are not back at pre-pandemic real estate values. Things have come back dramatically, by the way. They really have. But if you're thinking that maybe you'd like a place in New York, this is not a bad time to buy in New York. And I like the idea that rates are low. Let us know if you are interested in buying in New York, because I'm wondering if you should do that sooner rather than later. You know, it would have been great a year ago, but you wouldn't have had the appreciation. So, you know, at, at any point in time, you can make a uh, sort of a, a good or bad real estate decision. But in retrospect, in this case, you made this very lucky purchase. Now we've got the long term capital gains. It's more than a year. I would really think about taking that money. And then I would think about, do I want to do something sooner rather than later, just while rates are low? So you think we should accelerate our move over here? Yes, I do think you should accelerate your move. And even though I, you're going to move even farther away. Yeah, uh, really. two subway stops away. Yeah. <sighs> you hear me? You hear that? Yeah. Are you looking or not? Amanda's always looking. She's always sending me things. You know, she's got her alerts sent on her various search sites that she sends me. Check out this one. Check out that one. Check out this one. I just but don't know. About, it, I mean, I don't know how imminent it really is. Well, I think that there are other things that could be more imminent that would prompt you to move sooner rather well, than later, if you know what I mean. Well, there's that. But first, before we even think about selling this one, you know, we kind of got to fix the bathroom. Oh, yeah. There's the hole in the wall. There's that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not happening anytime soon. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. All right, here's from Brandon, who said, I've asked you about moving out and took your advice and said that I wouldn't move out until I had more money saved. Okay, listen to this. I asked for a raise. My boss told me I was at my limit. So I found a different job. 
what? It's a $12,000 a year pay loss? That sounds terrible. Why did we do this? I think the upside is is a bit better. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Well, he thinks that he'll climb back up the ranks. He'll make more money at the new job, and they have better benefits than my current job. Is it worth it? My current job has zero benefits, no 401k, no health insurance. And being a young person, you always say to put money away for retirement. What should I do? Is it smart financially to start over to make more money? What do you think, Mark? Uh, I mean, if he could climb the ladder rather quickly at this new place, I don't know what the timeline is, but if it's going to be a quick process, then I I would probably do it. It doesn't sound like there's much reason to stay where he is. Yeah, but like in this job market, you got to go, you you have to take a a step back. That seems insanity to me. I, I feel like, are you sure you've, have you really exhausted your job search? That's number one. That's what I would ask. It's the hottest job market in 20 years. And you got to take a step back. I mean, it better be a damn good upside for me to feel good about taking a step back. I mean, look, in my life, in this long life that I have lived, Mark, there are times where I have taken a step back. Um, And there have been times where it was really smart to do so. I don't love that you don't have benefits, but I really do want to encourage people that if you have a job that you're not happy in right now, It is such a fantastic time to go look for a new job. And it may not be the best job ever. You know, I heard from a young person who said to me, look, this is not my dream forever job. I'm like, what is with these forever things? Like nothing's forever, you know? So it seems to me that if you can do a little bit more due diligence and you have a little bit more, um, I don't know, wherewithal to keep that process going, just keep looking. It, 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 I think it, I think you'll be you might be surprised. All right, here's the last email of our day from Jill, and her subject is 24 and trying to figure it out. Oh, you Have, think it's Jill? I thought I, it was Jill too. Uh, I don't know if it's Gill or Jill. Well, it could be Jill for Jillian with a G, or Gill. No, I think it's Jill. I think it's Gill because I've seen Canadians like this. Gill. Really? All right, it's either Gill or Jill. Anyway, Gil or Jill is a 24-year-old Canadian. Okay. I graduated. Already I'm jealous of this because once, once, once you say Canadian, I'm very like, oh, that sounds good already. I graduated two years ago. I've got zero debt. Oh, my God. This is the best. We've never had this particular career. <laughs> I now work on a yacht where I have almost zero living expenses And I am paid a monthly salary of $4,000 US. This is fantastic. You can make 50 grand a year living on a yacht. Boy, why didn't I have that job when I was 24? I don't know, because I don't want to be on a yacht. It sounds good, except for being on the yacht part. (laughs) (laughs) The yacht is good as long as it's moored. I don't want to be out on the sea. Okay. Here we go. So Gil Jill has around 15 grand in savings, says, I'm trying to figure out my next steps. What should I do with my current savings and incoming salary to make the most of it? My goal is to save as much as possible. I don't know if I should invest or just keep it in a savings account. I'm thinking about purchasing an investment property in the future, but it will depend on my financial situation. Thanks. What do you want to do? You want to, um, if since you're getting paid in U.S. dollars, can we make a nice contribution to a Roth IRA for Gil Jill? I mean, I think because you're getting paid in U.S. dollars, you can do this. I don't know if it's going to screw up your whole Canadian retirement. Um, I'd build up my savings. I would probably, because at some point you're getting off this boat and you're going to need to live, right? So 
besides saving that, maybe you just put it in an investment account. I don't think it's much more than that. Is there anything more to do for Gilgil? No, I would definitely. I, I mean, yes, do the Roth. I would do the Roth. I don't know if he will, but I would just save everything, especially if he's thinking about buying a place eventually. Yeah. I would just do it in a brokerage account. Yeah, me too. I would just, I would save as much as possible. Um, if you're going to buy something, why don't you give us a holler before you end up buying something? And then, of course, give us a call from the high seas, wherever you are. Where do you think Gil Jill is now? Like in the Caribbean? Somewhere where it's warm. I'm thinking maybe, um, well, it's not too warm in the south of France right now. No, but I think it's like heading south, like Caribbean-ish. That's what I'm thinking. Virgin Islands. Yeah, that's good stuff. I would never get on one of them boats. I just wanted you to know. Uh, no. Like, I don't really get sick, but the idea of being trapped on a boat would freak me out. I don't think I could handle that. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Whether you're on a yacht or on a, or landlubbers, <laughs> something I've never said on this podcast, you can always find us at jillonmoney.com. That's our website. Click the contact button and uh, tell us what's on your mind. And if you wouldn't mind, follow Eye on Money wherever you find your favorite podcast. Give us a rating and review. Lift someone up today because that will make you feel better. That will make that person feel better. Here at Eye and Money, we drop our episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by Viacom CBS, and our mantra is curiosity, compassion, community. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts.